0: Welcome all you good movie buddies to the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other movie snacks like the really perfect crispy french fry or this like limp, lame, sad french fry over here. As always, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Malhorn. David, how you doing today? I'm I'm doing well. You doing good? Yeah. You feeling? uh, You feeling spry? You feeling limber? Feeling like uh, you got spider senses going, tingling today. That's right. Excellent. Good. Well, that's good that 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 we feel this way. I uh, I'm good (laughs) because I don't feel not feeling too hot. This this episode is coming in a little delayed uh, due to my being under the weather and the holidays and things like that. So apologies for that, but that's all right because we're here, we're alive, and we're talking about the what is biggest animated opening for a December movie ever. We're talking about a new entry into a longstanding franchise, quite possibly the best entry into this franchise, at least from a cinematic standpoint, we're here we're talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Something that, that I can't say I've been like, I was super excited for, like I was excited. um, and, like, seeing the trailer and stuff, I was like, okay, all right, I'm into what they're doing. They're doing some some interesting stuff here. You had the producers, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who had did um, the Lego movie. They helped produce and write the Lego movie. They obviously did 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. They did Solo before they were fired from Solo. And seeing a movie like this makes me really wish I could have seen their version of Solo. But Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out universal acclaim. Very, very few negative reviews. A lot of people coming out and talking about it. Uh, The Utah Critics Association named it its best film of the year. Not an animated film. Best overall film of the year. So, a lot of really, really positive feedback coming in from this movie. But... You know, obviously it's a little bit different. For those of you who aren't aware of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we will give you a little bit of a brief synopsis. Um, Taken directly from the movie, it's bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway. Brooklyn teenager, Puerto Rican slash African-American Miles Morales suddenly develops mysterious powers that transforms him into what he thinks is the one and only Spider-Man. But when he meets Peter Parker, he soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. So now Miles must use his newfound skills to battle the evil kingpin, his minions, and, and stop their plan to open portals to other universes and pull different versions of spider man or other people into our world. Got to stop the evil plot and save the universe from being crashed in in and around itself, so to speak. Um, it's a, and that's like the cookie cutter synopsis of it. You know, that's a spoiler free synopsis of what goes on to it. But before we get into this film itself, David, obviously we, we did one episode before on Spider-Man homecoming, but I don't think we got super into the history of it. Um, Kind of, I guess, because that was part of the MCU or whatever. And this is really his own entity. This is done by Sony and Sony Animation. So I know you got some. I know you got some history for us. Oh, we got a lot of Spider Man, Spider Man in film, Spider Man on the screen, right?
1: Yes, yes. So not talking about Spider Man the comic books, not talking about Spider Man on TV. We're talking about Spider Man on the big screen. Okay. So. Obviously, I I thought it'd be good to go back through the history because this one, this entry, is so different than anything that we've had in the past. I think it's also kind of good to know what the past and this this franchise in general has had a very complicated past. Sure. So, from 1985 is where we go back to. From 1980, a year
0: before (laughs) either of us were born. Exactly. 1985
1: to 1990. Canon Films, you know Canon Films? Uh-huh. They own the rights. Um, funny enough, the first script that was written, Spider-Man more resembled like a Wolfman type of character, so they were actually turning him into sure. like a Spider-Man. Sure. Um, until Stanley finally stepped in and said, look, you're misunderstanding this character. Right. Um, which then they asked for a rewrite. Some of the interesting casting Rumors at this time a young Tom Cruise for Peter Parker. Okay. Um, Bob Hoskins for Doc Ock.
0: Oh, I would love, I'd love Bob Hoskins at any point in Absolutely. his life as Doc Ock. Uh,
1: Catherine Hepburn as Aunt May.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right.
1: All right. I'm in. Um original budget back then was 15 to 20 million. It's a lot of money uh, back which then. Which is a lot of money for an 80s film. Sure. Um dropped to 10 million when Superman um 4 and yeah. Masters of the Universe basically blew through their budgets. Yeah, and, and Canon f- and tanked and so Canon films Dropped the budget to $10 million. Uh, The director at that time was Joseph Zito. Um, Do you remember Joseph Zito? That's tough
0: for even me.
1: (laughs) So Joseph Zito, you may remember from uh, a good old Chuck Norris film um, that actually apparently was moderately successful. Um, but invasion USA was the movie.
0: <laughs> okay. Joseph Joseph
1: Zito. Joseph Zito. All right. But all you need to know is Joseph Zito bailed on the project when they cut his budget. Oh, yeah. Um, I
0: mean, he's got better things to do, obviously. Absolutely.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> we talked shit about mid nineteen eighties, Joseph Zito. <laughs> right,
1: right about right about this time. Uh, 20th, 20th first century and uh, Carol Coe? Car- Carlico. 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 Yeah, Carlico, Carlico is
0: James Cameron's production buddy for a long time.
1: Yeah, so those uh those two companies uh took over mm-hmm. and not unsurprising had James Cameron involved in, oh, com- yeah, that's right. in completing a screenplay. Uh the new date that they were hoping to begin production slash kind of be in the ballpark of releasing was nineteen ninety three. Okay. So we're into the early nineties now. Jurassic Park Time. The new rumored Doc Ock was Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger. Honestly, maybe not that bad. Maybe. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, not like Mister Freeze. Schwarzenegger. You
1: can picture Arnold as an intelligent doctor.
0: I could. Def- I mean, come on. How many <laughs> look at in Twins? Look at how many Doc times has he played doctors? So true. many times.
1: It's true. Um as they got more into uh, James James Cameron's script, uh, it's definitely a different take on Spider-Man yeah, I than remember, we ever
0: I remember briefly that so it's batshit crazy.
1: Some of the highlights... Um, he actually pivoted from Doc Ock to Electro and Sandman as the villains. Okay, um, changed both of their backstories from what they were in the comics. Even changed their names uh, as far as the real persons. Oh, gotcha. Uh, that were those. So villains. it wouldn't
0: be it wouldn't be like Max Max Dillon. No, nope. it would be somebody else. Exactly. Max Dillon is Electro. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, the climax of that movie was going to be set on the top of the World Trade Centers. Um, as you do. And. Spider-Man was going to reveal his identity to Mary Jane. Some little tidbits in there. There was all supposedly quite a bit of profanity in this script, (laughs) as well as a sex scene with Spider-Man and Mary Jane on the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm in. Sign me up. A little bit different than what we've got. What happened? (laughs) I remember,
0: if I remember correctly, there was a long time... When Cameron wanted, and obviously this is four four years prior to Titanic, mm-hmm. but I remember DiCaprio being in talks to be Spider Man.
1: Yeah, so uh, Carlico went out of, or Carlico went out of business. Yep, and Spider, Sadly. basically Spider Man, then went into the middle of like litigation. Ooh, so you had MGM who acquired all of the films that 21st Century and Carol Co. had. Sure. Um,
0: the rights and all of that. But their back when
1: Canon originally bought the rights from Marvel, the original deal was that if Canon didn't make a film by 1990 uh, and then later stretched to 1992, that those rights would go back to Marvel. They would so sure. even even though Marvel, 21st Century, and Carol Co., went bankrupt in 1996. Mm -hmm. Marvel came out of bankruptcy in 1998, and Spider-Man was returned to Marvel. Um, So MGM technically didn't get the rights. Interesting. Finally, in 1999, or fast forward into 1999, Marvel licensed it to Columbia. Mm -hmm. But MGM and United Artists were both still fighting, claiming that they had rights to it. Sure. And... Neither of them had very good franchises going at the time, nope. so MGM and United Artists basically ended up making a trade with Columbia. Columbia would relinquish the rights to the 007 rights that they had, okay, in exchange for M- MGM basically dropping their claims to Spider Man.
0: Interesting.
1: So, um, so that happened. Mm-hmm. And MGM
0: fr- runs runs distribution on. A- On James Bond now.
1: Yep. So that's why MGM is all James Bond.
0: Okay. Um, Finally,
1: finally, 2000 Spider-Man went into production, and in 2002 we got our Spider-Man by Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. We got that trilogy. Some other things of note in the complicated past of Spider-Man. So we got obviously three Spider-Mans by Raimi. Yep. And Spider-Man 4 actually entered into development in 2007.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, It was even rumored that they were going to do a 5 and a 6. At one point, 4 and 5 were going to be shot back to back. That
0: was the very—after Lord of the Rings came out, the biggest, most popular rumor for almost every franchise sequel is that they're going to make the next two at the same time. Because that's what Lord of the Rings did. Except Lord of the Rings was such a gamble— Yes, that happened to pay off. And no, literally, I think maybe with the exception of the Avengers and maybe I'm wrong, but I think with maybe the exception of Infinity War and now Endgame, no one's done it. It's always been rumored, but no one's done. Oh, we're doing sequels back to back. It's just it's too much of a gamble.
1: Yeah. Um in f- in four, there was going to be. It was going to go more the direction of like a lot of like C slash D list villains, okay. um, with Vulture being the main bad guy in uh-huh. this. Um, you, do you know who they rumored to be the Vulture in that movie? If
0: my memory serves me correctly, it was Malkovich.
1: It was right? John Malkovich. They also wanted uh, Anne Hathaway as uh, Felicia Hardy.
0: Which they uh, again? Which you did the history, but. They were going to screw with that in a big, bad yeah, way. Yeah, they
1: weren't going to make her Black Cat, which which she is in... The comic books. The comic books. They were going to make her Vultress,
0: <laughs> Which is like, let's not make Catwoman Catwoman and Batman. Let's make her... Poison Ivy or something oh, like that. Or even like, not even that, like the Riddler's daughter. Like That's we're gonna true. Make... You're right, you're right. That's... <laughs> like, that's okay. Pen-
1: another penguin or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the penguin Yeah. So... Basically, disagreements started ensuing. There was some drama about how bad Spider-Man 3 did. Actually, which it did really
0: well, but it wasn't well-received.
1: No, and Raimi claiming that he wasn't happy with how it went out. Right. Supposedly, there was like four or five scripts done, and all of them supposedly were hated. Yep. And eventually, it just died. Yep. Um, Venom was also being worked on. That started in 2007, July Mm -hmm. 2007. Went through a lot of different, I didn't bother to list all of them because there was literally like five or six attached directors all the way leading up to 2012 with nothing Nothing, coming of it. and that's when in 2012, we ended up getting the reboot uh, with Andrew Garfield in The, the Amazing Spider Man.
0: And The Amazing Spider Man 2. And then all of those things. That and they then tried to after set up.
1: those two, uh, we were supposed to, we were actually announced dates for Amazing Spider Man 3 and Amazing Spider Man 4. Uh-huh. One was in 2016, and one was in 2018. We even got who was going to be the next villain teased at the end of amazing spider-man 2 which Uh was paul giamatti as rhino yeah um he was going to return finally in february 2015 it was officially canceled when spider-man in the marvel franchise was announced which ended up being spider-man homecoming so that was when kind of that amazing spider-man series officially died boy but Quite the quite the complicated past. Boy, oh boy, uh, Sony. Um, Sony. Uh, That's
0: not even, we haven't even gotten into the email hacks.
1: It's true. Like, it's true.
0: That was, uh, it, 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 the email hacks came out and it was a fascinating look at a um, studio thinking, I suppose. Because. Mm-hmm. You have these studio executives. You have these CEOs who in charge who are in charge of these gigantic studios and approving, green lighting and red lighting things and whatnot. And all of those emails came out with I think it was Amy Pascal and and a couple of the other executives. And they were and it just showed the like how m- little they knew kind of about the franchises and whatnot. And there was. In the emails, there was like, "Well, can they? Can we go to Marvel? Can we sell them back to?" Mar- there was these conversations, yep. and as Sony was really fumbling around with their one franchise they have, yep. Spider-Man, Marvel obviously was getting better and better and better at theirs. Um, but before, and and ultimately it leads to what we have now, which is the Tom Holland Spider-Man. But Sony came back this year. With with Venom, which again not a great film, but a lot of fun, weird, and it worked, and it's, I believe you told me it's the fifth highest grossing worldwide film this year,
1: 2018, which is
0: batshit crazy. Yep. And now this movie. Um. Now, obviously, that's great history. Did you hate Spider Man Three? Like Spider Man Three is genuinely considered to be like reviled. Not a lot of people like it. Do you think it is as bad as? As it was. I don't hate it that much. I do have issues with it, but like I don't mind Topher Grace's Venom.
1: I disliked it a lot. You disliked it, it uh, a lot. I felt like they screwed up a lot of things. Uh, um even down to I mean, I think I think Spider-Man 3, my thoughts on it are perfectly summed up. And spoiler alert, there's a reference to it in into the Spider-Verse it's like we don't
0: talk about that one
1: uh, is the <laughs> the scene where he's walking down the street and he's like evil peter parker or he's whatever emo like, I'm peter parker yeah and,
0: and we don't talk about that that too much okay fine what about amazing spider-man 2 cuz again that is another one that is like wow this movie sucks again, and i think that that movie has a it's not great no and it's weird and electro is not great um, and Green Goblin is not great. No. But Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone are so great together. And yeah. that movie has a lot of really good parts to it.
1: Yeah. I think Amazing Spider-Man always had the struggle of the fact that you cast such old...
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Andrew Garfield was not young. No, he's
0: like 27.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you were already back into old Peter Parker. And we never got to see what... The majority of people's, what their connection with Peter Parker is always more of a younger character. Not necessarily, he doesn't have to be like middle school, like this movie took it into. But at least at a minimum high school, Peter Parker is what we're used to. Right. Uh, or what we
0: should be used to, because neither be to. neither of the previous two, and I think we talked about this in our Homecoming episode, but neither of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man spend that much time in high school. No. And what makes him so unique is that he is this boy fighting these battles alongside these these legends. You know, yeah. He's fighting Captain America-sized battles, Tony Stark-sized battles, and these guys are grown men with superpowers, and he is still a kid. Yeah. That's his appeal. Yeah. He's all. He's still got all of the insecurities of the of a, of a kid of a seven, 16 year old. Yeah, like you know? it doesn't
1: seem that off base that a early twenties Spider Man would be able nah. to take on grown adults because he is a grown adult. Yeah, he's in his
0: physical prime in <laughs> his yeah. early mid early twenties mid twenties. Yeah. You know, by Spider Man three he's an a, he's a legit adult. Like Tobey is like forty eight in that movie. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, now going into this movie again, you know, I was, I was, I was, I'm there for it, but I was not prepared for just how great this, and actually that's not a true statement. Cause I was prepared all the reviews, everything I saw on Twitter, everything said, this movie is phenomenal. This movie is next level in every way, shape or form. It got hyped up so much, David, that I was like, all right, I'm going to go in cautious. And I walked out, and I'm like, this movie is amazing. This movie's jumping up really high on my end-of-the-year list, which is coming up really soon. I love everything about this movie, uh, just straight off the bat. I just loved everything about it. How did you feel about it?
1: I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I enjoyed about it was that it was so different from what we've had. I mean, yeah. we just went through the history of it. We've gotten three different people playing spider-man in less than 20 years yeah and we've had what eight movies that involve that are no seven movies that have spider-man this was the eighth sure that involve him i know sure. the civil I mean, you got civil, c- civil war. war
0: infinity war
1: yeah so i guess you know technically 10, but nine or ten i count more civil war and and homecoming as the true spider-man ones because we get a little bit of a story infinity war's got a lot going on yeah um so i think there's a little bit of exhaustion of like i think there was concern going into it of like okay here we go again like right another reboot of Uh spider-man like i didn't think we'd have four reboots you know, in my, in the, in 20 years. I mean, how many
0: James Bonds did we get between, we got only like four James Bonds between 1960 and 1990.
1: There's been more Spider-Mans than James Bonds.
0: Yeah. It's it's a very good point. Um, I I think one of my biggest things, one of the biggest things that was both a, an attraction to me, but also I'm not, I don't want to call it a concern, but more of a curiosity was the animation style. This is unlike any other animated movie I've seen before. Like They do things and they combine all different types of animation styles for this movie. They do CG. They do 2D animation. They do anime style animation. They even remove frames from the animation itself to make it seem a little more jerky, a little less fluid, a little more, um, I don't know, tangible. It almost looks a little more real. It almost looks a little stop motion-y. Uh, and it is gorgeous. It's, it's an absolutely gorgeous film. The color palettes on display, the way that they realize these characters, the way that they realize the dimensions, it feels like it's the only way they could have done it was through animated. Um, so I was super pumped to see those animation styles come to life. I mean, this really is a movie that you should see on the biggest screen that you possibly can because you'll be rewarded for it. It's just such a visual kaleidoscope of 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 imagery um and i will i really love the way that they did that with the different spider people you know it's no spoiler to say that this movie involves multiple spider people it involves multiple spider mans you got again miles morales um which has been and this kind of leads into another question but he's Long been uh, demanded by, or he's been a fan favorite in terms of being a Spider-Man character who is inclusive, who is from African American slash Puerto Rican descent, so he is a minority character. He's a minority teenager living in Brooklyn, so he better represents sort of the uh, the racial. Um, diversity of Brooklyn, of New York, and things like that. But then, I mean, obviously you got Miles Morales, but then you get Spider-Gwen, you get Spider-Man, you get Spider-Ham, you get uh, Penny Parker, who is anime Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, who's Nicolas Cage. Uh, It's just phenomenal. It's phenomenal the way that they brought all of these characters in and the way that they smashed all of these different characters together in a way that works. Um and some get more time than others, you know, one one could say that Spider-Ham and Penny Parker and Spider-Man Noir, they are more of the supporting spider definitely, people. Definitely. Um but that being said, like I loved all of that and I was amazed at how they they use it, they they use everything at their disposal. For both like heartfelt dramatic storytelling purposes, but also for humor. And that's amazing to me. like they use the meta they use they use our and when I say our, I mean the audience. Mm-hmm. uh they use our knowledge of Spider-Man, our history with Spider-Man, the character to inform the jokes and the drama and the tragedy of this film. They don't have to explain Uncle Ben. They don't have to explain Mary Jane; it just exists. We know it, and we understand why Mary Jane is so important. We understand why these things are so important. They help. I mean, like you said, even in the movie, they make references to cartoons. They make references to the previous live-action movies, um, and even then, it's not, you know, it's not paramount that you know those things. But it adds to it, you know, if yeah. you remember those things. I love that.
1: Well, and I think. The thing about it, too, is that's kind of interesting about this movie is I don't know that it could exist the way that it did if not for the movie history that we have of Spider-Man. Right. Like, a lot of the jokes and the things that they do in this film... You couldn't do if we didn't have a complicated Spider-Man an past.
0: understanding of it, right? Yeah, and even from a meta level, right? Like you, I mean, we just talked about it. we've had more Spider-Mans in less than twenty years than we've had James Bonds, right? We've had reboot after reboot after reboot, and they reference that they give an, a small origin story for each Spider person that comes in, but mm-hmm. they're like, "All right, let's do this again," and it's again. They use everything from our knowledge of Spider-Man, from a, from a character understanding and from a franchise understanding. Like, we know you know how this works. We know that you know how this happens. So that they don't have to explain Doc Ock. They don't have to explain who Kingpin is. You know, they, they just are. They exist. Yeah. And, and, and this film has the confidence in the writing of its characters and it 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 has the confidence in you as an audience member to let the story work on its own and let the characters work on their own without having to explain in five, you know, five, 10 minutes at a time, this is what this person's about. Well, and I think
1: to me what this movie is and along in, at the end of the day too, one of the other things that it is is it's really almost like, and this may be not the best way to phrase it, but it's almost <laughs> like a in a love letter or an ode to comics. Yeah. In that
0: no, that's a fine way of saying it.
1: You know, we've gotten all these comic book movies. You know, we get all the Marvel movies. We've had Spider-Man movies. Sure. Um, we've had the DC movies. And one of the things that we always talk about is... Oh well they took this from the comics and they took that from the comics. Right. And like they
0: borrow this and they borrow that. Yeah,
1: this felt like a comic book. Like right. even the way that they treated characters in there felt like similar ways to they would treat characters in a comic book. And yep. I know neither you or I have like a big comic book collection or that, but both of us have read comics and and kind of sure, understand sure. comics and how they are. And this really felt like in a lot of ways like just being an ode to to comic books I mean, and celebrate they- celebrating how they are what they bring both celebrating their limitations as well as the things that make them special
0: right exactly and they use that comic book um aesthetic to their advantage as well they're like you know i mentioned those little mini origin stories that everybody gets it's accompanied by a comic book cover or when miles first gets his powers he gets comic book powers essentially, uh, which I found really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and hell, I mean, you even see this in the trailers like when they're thwipping along in the forests, there's the little, uh, what are they called? Onomatopoeias. Yeah. Uh, where it's, and for those of you who don't know, an onomatopoeia is a word that it sounds as it's said. So, like thunk or bam, you know, stuff like that. So, thwip. You know, thwip and release, thwip and release, and then you see little thwip and it's actually written yep. out there. Yep. Um, it is very much so. Like uh, it's almost a kind of in a small bit, very very small bit, reminded me of Ang Lee's Hulk in okay. a way. And then in that that film, really tried to. Uh, you know, relay comic books into the film, you know, with panels and cuts and edits and things like that. But that movie was serious as hell and weird and dramatic. Well... This movie's not afraid of being goofy. I mean, Spider-Ham is in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think the other thing that this movie, the reason this movie could be more successful on that level than what Angley's Hulk was is that it's animated. We're not using real people on a screen real lighting you know all that kind of stuff there's things that you just simply can't accomplish just like there's things that a comic book can do that you know if you're if you're writing a regular book and and you're going real graphics or real pictures or images or that kind of stuff there's right. things you can't do that you can do in a comic book right and exactly. get away with
0: exactly um yeah I, I I loved everything about this movie again I Was told by literally everybody that I follow on Twitter at the Popcorn Diet. Hey, hey. um, All of the uh, film writers that I follow, all of the film professionals that I follow, everybody who saw this movie is absolutely in love with it. Like we said, the Utah, I mean, and I hope it's not an anomaly. Like, I love this movie. And we can get into conversations about the validity of best pictures and mediums and stuff like that in our next Oscar podcast. But I think this movie is good enough to be recognized amongst the best films of the year in the way that it takes the medium that it uses and really, really uses it to its full advantage to tell the story that needs to be told. It's emotional. It's hilarious. And, and it's smart. Uh, it's inclusive. You know, it's got all of the things that everybody wants in a movie these days and we could also get into larger arguments about if animation is just for kids or if it's just another medium I firmly stand on the side of it's just another medium you know animation typically is for kids uh you and I I don't think either of us have seen Ralph breaks the internet yet you know yet. and that's I mean honestly that's on us you would think as film podcasters we would go see one of the bigger Disney movies of the year but it looks like a kids movie and and I had other movies to see and other things to do and be sick and be on vacation but this clearly was directed as an all ages type experience um and I loved it I loved it so As far as our popcorn ratings for this film, for those of you who've never listened to an episode before, we do ratings a little bit differently. We have popcorn ratings. So instead of giving something one to five stars, we give it a popcorn rating. Um, And we have five different popcorn ratings. Burnt popcorn means garbage. Avoid at all costs. I really hated this film. Stale popcorn means it wasn't great. We probably would not recommend anybody paying money to see that type of film. Microwave popcorn is is fine. It was good. It could have been better. It was kind of disappointing. There were serviceable parts. If you go to see it in theaters, it's fine. If you wait to rent it, that's fine. Your mileage may vary. Who doesn't like microwave popcorn at times, right? Then we have movie theater popcorn, which means we really enjoyed it. You should go see it in a movie theater. And then last but certainly not least, we have perfect popcorn, which is... This movie is phenomenal. This movie is great. You should see it as soon as possible on the biggest screen that you can with the biggest bag of popcorn that you can get. And obviously, I think from what we've been talking about, it's no surprise to say that I'm giving this film Perfect Popcorn. In my review, I gave it Perfect Popcorn. It's one of the best films of the year. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is, like I said, it's a kaleidoscope of emotion, humor, color, sound, animation. It is both visually... You know, satisfying and visually amazing as it is amazing from a storytelling standpoint, from a character standpoint. You know, we haven't really even talked about the characters yet, which we'll get into a little bit more in spoiler uh spoiler section. Excuse me. But, yeah, I, I gave Perfect Popcorn. I, I w- I'm i absolutely jazzed about this movie. I love that it exists. What about you?
1: Perfect Popcorn for me, too. Um, again, I I think the thing that makes it stand out to me the most is that it's just... Original in a in a time when we're and I did you wouldn't think you'd be saying that about something that's part of a long franchise and is another comic book movie, but it truly feels like something you've never seen before because we really haven't.
0: Right, right, exactly. And that's just good. I mean, we talked about this when we did our Stars Born Oscar primer. We talk about this here as well, and they kind of even say it in this film, but we're all familiar with the stories that are being told. There's not too many brand new stories to be told. We're all familiar with hero's journeys and tragedies, but it's how you tell them. It's the same thing Star is Born. They say in it, it's not about the song, it's how you sing it. And that's never been more true of a movie like this, where it's nine, ten movies into a franchise with a studio that has constantly bumbled it. Good for you, Sony. You know, hats off to Sony. We had a real good comeback year this year um, with with their with their Spider-Man universe yep. movies. And that's all they that's all they've got. So none of which involved the Marvel Spider-Man. I mean, Infinity War came out, but that's all Disney. These two were completely on Sony. Mm-hmm. And credit where credit's due. They nailed it. They stuck the landing. You know, it's good good on them. Uh, so perfect popcorn's all around. Before we get into spoilers, as always, I want to remind everybody that you can get this podcast for free, delivered to you via smartphone, via whatever you're listening to us on, just by hitting that subscribe button. So do us a favor. It's literally like the tiniest thing you do. Just hit subscribe, give us a rating, five stars, whatever. Share us with your friends, share us with your family. We want to grow that good movie buddy community. Also, speaking of community, we want you to follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, at the Popcorn Diet, And then last but certainly not least, you can find all of our reviews, all of our episodes, all of our articles, Oscar predictions, Oscar primers, everything that we do on our website, PopcornDietPodcast.com. But now it's time to talk a little bit about spoilers. And David, I think one of the things that, again, going into this film – You have Phil Lord and you have Chris Miller, right? And Phil Lord and Chris Miller are known for uh, being able to take an idea that doesn't seem like it'll work and meta-textualize it in a way that 100% works. And I think that some of the funniest things in this movie come from from them as producers. Phil Lord co-wrote this movie. Chris Miller just did uh, producing on it but you look at <laughs> i mean you look at the way that they intro Spider-Man you know he's like i've been on a cookbook i've been on a i've been in a video game i've done a christmas album i've been on a not so you know perfect popsicle or whatever that they say like they lean into the history of Spider-Man uh in a way that i think really really plays off really well same thing like they literally show the animated versions of things that happen in Spider-Man one, Spider-Man two, Spider-Man three, they show the upside down kiss. They show him saving the train and, um, the car getting thrown into the cafe. They show him doing his stupid little cool guy dance. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Um, they don't shy away from the history. And I think that makes this film all the more better for it. Uh, I love that. And I love the characters in it. I think miles Morales, um, voiced by Shameik Moore, is so good in that he goes through his own tragedy. You know, Miles Morales, every Spider-Man person is defined by a tragedy. They say it in the movie. You know, I lost my uncle, I lost my friend, I lost my, you know, boyfriend, whatever. And in this one, it's a little bit different where he has a loving mother and father. I mean, his father's cop, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And what's interesting is that each – it's funny that this movie came out in the same time that the Spider-Man or at the same year that the Spider-Man video game came out because the Spider-Man video game also introduces Miles Morales in a completely different way from this film. Mm-hmm. It's posits that Miles Morales exists in the same universe as Spider-Man, but his dad, uh, Jefferson, um, dies in a terrorist attack in the video game, right? Mm-hmm. So that's his tragedy in this movie. It's not what happens his dad's alive his mom's alive they're loving they're supportive his mom's a nurse his dad's a cop. it's literally in his bloodline to want to help people and but his his uncle is like his like cool uncle like I'm gonna gonna hang out with cool Uncle Aaron cool Uncle Aaron though and this is in the comics turns out to be the prowler turns out to be one of the main henchmen for the Kingpin Fun fact in Spider-Man homecoming uh uh Donald Glover, plays um Aaron Davis mm-hmm. who gets webbed to the trunk of his car and Spider-Man interrogates him. Mm-hmm. Aaron Davis is the prowler, is Miles Morales' uncle. Uh what's his name? Uh Donald Glover says like, I don't like this crime. I got a I got a nephew who lives in this neighborhood. Yeah. That's Miles Morales. Like he's talking about yep. Miles Morales. So they've always alluded to Miles existing and they've always done it. Um He's just such a cool character in this movie. Like he—he's—he's he's such a teenager, like a young teenager with no confidence. I—I I love that. I, it makes—it's what makes Spider-Man so interesting to me.
1: Yeah, and well, and I think, you know, kind of like we talked about on the origin stories and the and the things about, um, the jokes that they make, the scenes in there that kind of build into it. Uh huh. Um, the nice part about it is. It allows us to, you know, they're not asking you to turn off your brain of what's happened. Um, and it's something that I think both that hopefully maybe D.C. will will look at and be like, OK, we've got this kind of trump card in the back of our hand. Yeah. And that there's these different worlds like you see it in CW's else worlds um, and all that else worlds huh? like how can we pivot from. What's been a relatively disastrous (laughs) franchise uh, franchise, and not ask people to like completely forget that all of that happened, like disregard everything. We're going to retell everything over again. How do you do that? And I'm not saying they can do it exactly the way this did, but there is a way to not completely try to get viewers to forget everything you've just seen over the last 15 years of watching movies. Right and the last five or six movies you've seen right but at the same time take it in a fresh new direction um in a way that really works and i think without making it be like some big stretch like i don't sit there being like I i mean i don't know what issues you'd have with how they set up this world like um, none Chris Pine's version of Peter Parker that would be technically the Tobey Maguire and, and kind of the Andrew Garfield as well yeah kinda, like the most they kind of merge those two we, into we should, one
0: we should mention that in that the film starts where Miles Morales his world has a Spider-Man yeah voiced by Chris Pine who has not been advertised at all hasn't done any press for it. he's in a significant amount of the movie I'd say at least 30 minutes Then he's great and he's great in it and, too. He, and he's great He's the one who actually gives that opening voiceover that Jake Johnson gives in the trailers, yep. right? He's the most competent version of Spider-Man. He gets killed. Yep. King- Kingpin fucking kills him. Yep. Smashes his head. Pretty violent for yep. a cartoon movie. Um, and then we get the other Spider-People, and Spider. the other Spider-Man, Peter B. Parker, yep. is... A version of that Peter Parker, but he's divorced from Mary Jane. He's got a gut. He's lame. He all those kinds of things. Jake Johnson. He's he's essentially (laughs) Jake Johnson Johnson plays in a lot of (laughs) in a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. And it works out wonderfully. You know, Um, they play to those expectations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think it was such a great way of like instead of like just bringing that Strictly to point at it and make fun of like and laugh at yourself for the previous misgivings like it actually like added to the story you had that interaction of Chris Pine the original Peter Parker in his world or his the original Spider-Man in his world uh-huh. interacting with Miles before he dies. Right, um, and so you have that history and those types of things and so you don't shy away from it and you use it as something to build more depth to the story that you're telling. So I I thought that was really fun. I didn't I didn't do a lot of research into this. I obviously don't read spoilers. So like that was a little <laughs> unexpected for me sure. to, for them to embrace so much of the past of this series yeah um and it and it worked out so so well um i will say
0: did you have any issues with the film i mean not really Uh, nitpicky things or anything like that i mean i don't know like maybe if you were to posit some to me that i I would like i i just am in love with this movie i love everything that they do i love the villains i love that kingpin is like this I love what they've been doing with Kingpin in both the Daredevil miniseries and this, where they make him a complete. Like, Kingpin's Kingpin's motivations are his wife and and son or daughter. I can't remember if his son or daughter. His wife and child. Son. Son. Uh, catch him beating the shit out of Spider-Man and like are terrified and they run and they get in the car and they get in a car accident and they die, mm-hmm. right? So Kingpin's whole reason for creating a super collider and opening up these other other universes is to get a version of his wife and daughter back. That is super understandable, you know? And he's willing to do whatever it takes and he's willing to kill whoever it takes to get his wife and daughter back. I love that as a motivation, mm-hmm. Um, I love the way that they did a gender flip Doc Ock and the way that they redesigned all of these um, rogues gallery guys. Some of them, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'd like to know why Green Goblin is gigantic now. Um, Sure. But other than that, I I can't think of any super nitpicky things other than I want a whole movie with Spider-Ham. I want a whole (laughs) movie with Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir because that's amazing. Um, But I don't have any any I mean, I'm sure that if you were to name some, I I might agree, but I don't have any big ones. What about you?
1: No, I I think kind of the same. Um, You know, I think you you find yourself wanting more, but I think they were pretty smart. It it felt a tiny bit long, like towards the end. And again, I saw it late at night, so that may be an aspect of it. But um, it's I mean, it's long for this type of film, for for an animated film which it is at the end of the day. I know. 117
0: pl- minutes. That's a long cartoon.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's kind of long for a cartoon. And I don't know. Someone may be able to tell me that, you know, your ability to watch a cartoon for two hours is different than <laughs> your ability to watch live action. But Maybe. I felt like for me, like it started to drag a little bit at the end. That being said, it was still engaging and, and still fun. And uh, I, I loved it. I loved um, it. And I, and I don't know what you would cut out of it to to shorten it so that being said like while it felt a little long to me i don't know what you would cut from right. it um
0: i love the end too like when miles finally gets his version of the spider-man suit and yep. he's swinging around and that whole fight at the end is just like he's when he's fighting kingpin like you recognize that kingpin is absolutely desperate for this thing to work like he's literally willing to do whatever it takes for this to work and miles morales is absolutely desperate to stop these universes from crumbling in on one another. And it's such to use such bright colors to show the different and, and the physics of what happens. Buses showing up and trains and buildings and popping out of these realities. And it it's banana stuff. It's like Doctor Strange level stuff but done with the kaleidoscope of a comic book color that, and the score by Daniel Pemberton is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Everything about, I was so, when, when he became Spider-Man and showed up at the end and was like zipping through stuff and Peter, and when he saves, when Peter Parker is about to like fall and he saves him, he's like, you gotta go. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I got a little dusty, <laughs> got a little dusty in the movie theater for me. And I was surprised. I was like, oh man, this, that's what I mean by being able to use the, History to its advantage. Sure, you know. So, yeah.
1: what well, were who? Who's your uh, who was your favorite taking Miles out of the uh, sure. equation? Who's your favorite of the Spider that characters? It's
0: really hard. Uh, number one, I do have to give a shout out to the voice cast. The voice cast in this film is stacked. It's fantastic, top to bottom. Stats: Shamik Moore, Jake Johnson, Chris Pine, Haley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tyree Henry, Lily Tomlin, Zoe Kravitz, John Mulaney, Nicholas Cage, Catherine Hahn, Liev Schreiber. We haven't even talked about Oscar Isaac showing up at the mm-hmm. end either, Um, which I'm tempted to say him, <laughs> simply because I'm all in for that as well. Uh I'm going to have to pick, God, this is really hard, dude. I'm going to pick this based on what movie would I want to see, and I'm going to pick Spider-Man Noir. Like Nicolas Cage worked so well as Spider-Man Noir, both in the serious moments, but also like he gets a Rubik's Cube. Like, Spider-Man Noir is, lives in a world that's black and white. And so when he gets a <laughs> Rubik's Cube, he's like, oh, what is this thing? Yeah. That kind of shit is hilarious. So I'm going with Spider-Man Noir as my favorite one. I like what about it. yours?
1: For me, it's 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 pretty difficult for me to pick. I really... it It's between Chris Pines, actually. Okay. In the short time that we had him, I really enjoyed him. But I think I got to go Jake Johnson's. Okay. Um, which is obviously one of the most... The main ones it's not one of the supporting ones but i just loved what they did with with him i i love jake johnson i think he's hilarious and um
0: oh he was great he was great throughout the
1: whole movie he was a lot of fun (laughs) the Um, producers
0: say that uh they wanted him to be like mr miyagi but if mr miyagi didn't know anything so i loved that I agree. Uh, Jake Johnson was fun. Also, shout out to like Haley Steinfeld and Spider Gwen, who is probably the most capable out of all of them. Sure.
1: Well, and and kind of that brings me up to you know kind of as we get to the close here. This movie's gonna do well. It yeah. got reviewed really well. Yeah. Um,
0: I hope I, it does. I, I
1: don't. I don't know that it's gonna go like record box office numbers, but it's, it's got gonna a do. A lot of
0: movies coming out to.
1: Compete it's gonna. Against. It's gonna do really well. I think it's gonna have really good legs. I think you're gonna see this still making three to four million a weekend come mid January. Okay. Um. So I think it's gonna do really well. I wouldn't even be surprised if they do a push to get more theaters when MLK Day comes around that okay. weekend, which okay. they've done sometimes as well. Um, I can see that. But do you think we
0: get a sequel to this? I think we do. I think I. I think we do. I think that this is from everything that I've read. This is a, re- a relatively reasonably budgeted animated film. Um, Pixar movies are are hyper expensive nowadays. Like they make Pixar movies at like $200 million a pop. I think they squeeze this one out at under hundred, um, which I think is really important. Um, I hope it does. I hope it reinvigorates Sony's Spider-Man franchise, and I hope that they embrace kind of like what you said with DC. I hope – and they were kind of going to do this, but I hope that they take a cue – from how Phil Lord and Chris Miller and all the – I mean, listen, we haven't even talked about the directors either. Um, uh, Bob Persichetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman, they directed this film. Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman wrote this movie, and I hope Sony takes a cue from how they deal with their Spider-Man movies. You can make a Spider-Man movie with Gwen Stacy and have it be its own thing without having to be like, oh, yeah, over here there's this thing happening. So the short answer is yes, I think we're going to get more of these. The long answer is that not only do I hope that we get more of these animated, but I hope that this opens the door to the Spider-Verse in live action as well. You know, they were talking about doing a Sinister Six movie, and there is still talk of a Sinister Six movie. And I'm fine with it, you know. There are talks of doing a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. Fine, fine. There are so many characters in the Spider-Verse that you can utilize. There are so many different Spider-Men. I mean, they do—they go all the way to Spider-Man 2099 with Miguel O'Hara at the end of this movie. And they have Miguel O'Hara travel back to the 60s Spider-Man cartoon. That's so many generations of Spider-Men that you can pick from. And the best part is that they're all different. I think my favorite part about this film... Is that and Spider-Man in general is that anybody can be behind the mask of Spider-Man. You mm-hmm. know, there's this there's this longstanding conversation of and it's kind of an ongoing debate amongst film, Twitter, TM, if you will, on if it's better, better, excuse me, to swip the s- switch, excuse me the gender or the race of an existing character or create a character that is new, that is more diverse. You know, we've gotten talks all the time about James Bond if he was black or James Bond if he was a woman. And I think it's different for everything. I think James Bond being black is fine. I think James Bond being a woman, I think it's kind of... It's a different character at that point. Exactly. Spider-Man can literally be anybody because there literally have been dozens of different Spider-Men. And... I mean, Stan Lee said it himself. Spider Man is covered head to toe. He's one of the few superheroes that's covered head to toe. Batman, you see a little bit of his map, you know, his face. Superman, he doesn't wear a mask. Captain America, you know, Hawkeye. All these guys, they're they are who they are. But Spider Man is head to toe covered, meaning that Spider Man can be anybody. You can be Spider Man. I can be chubby Spider Man. Whatever. And I love that. And I think that that's an opportunity for us to tell more stories to include more diverse characters. I mean, look at Mar- Miles Morales. Miles Morales should be in his own franchise making $200 million a movie. You know, like that, sh- that just should be the world that we live in. But that doesn't mean that we can't have Peter Parker either. You know, we can have something for everybody. So that's a really long-winded way of saying yes, I think we need more of these movies. Um, but like you said... I hope it has legs because it's got a lot of movies coming out this upcoming. I mean, we got a lot of movies to see this weekend, but it's got a lot of movies to compete with coming up this holiday season. So fortunately, I think it's the only real animated movie that's out right now. And I think that that's it's going to benefit from that. Um, But yeah, I hope we get a lot more. So hell, Sony, if you keep doing it like this, I'm not going to ask you to sell back to Marvel. You know, you'll be fine. Right. I'd be fine with it. What about you? I, I can't imagine you'd think differently, right?
1: No, I I think um, I think I'd be excited to see more. I think, um, you know, I think when we look at the universe that it's created, uh, they have a lot of directions that they could go with it. Obviously, the most obvious choice is to follow Miles. Um, sure, but you can have a lot of crossovers, and um, all of these characters that they introduced have. Their own lives. Their own lives in the comics. Um, Some of them longer lives than others, but there's a Spider-Gwen. There's a noir Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Pig or Peter Porker. You know, there's all those. (laughs) So it's not that there's not already creative content, and there's even content that has crossovers between the two. So you could bring back portions of these. I don't think you'd want to bring back all of them, into the same single film sure because it doesn't really make sense um no not that you couldn't make a story that would make sense but it'd, it'd feel a little forced right but i think you could easily pull in two or three of these to work together or you could even focus on just one of the smaller characters if you really
0: wanted exactly. to exactly like you look at well, i mean you just, <laughs> you just look at all of the characters that were in this because spider the spider verse was a comic book storyline In 2014, and you had Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Silk, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Girl, Ultimate Spider-Woman, Spider-Man 2099, another Spider-Girl, different like there are so many Spider-people. Yep. And Sony owns all of them. Yeah. You know, go for it.
1: Yep. Go for it. So, um,
0: go
1: see Spider. Go see
0: Spider-Man. Go see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Go see it on the biggest biggest screen you possibly can. Uh, it's amazing. Um, before we wrap up though, obviously again always want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button give us a rate, give us a like, write us a review, share with your friends, share with your family. It helps us get out uh, and grow the Good Movie Buddy community Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the Popcorn Diet, and then last but certainly not least hit up our website PopcornDietPodcast.com for all of our latest reviews all of our episodes, all of our articles, Oscar previews, Oscar predictions, uh, and anything else that we have but for the Canadian machine the Canadian Spider-Man <laughs> Mr. David Melhorn I am your very best good movie buddy Spider-Man Rick Williamson and we'll see you next time with another good movie on the popcorn diet adios